uh, Pastor Jordan asked me if I could stay home and, and hold the fort down, so to speak. And I said, I sure can. And then he asked me, he said, well, will you preach for me on Sunday morning? I said, sure, I can do that. But I was thinking I was going to go <laughs> to Love is Run, but that's okay. I got to go to Pastor Nancy's in, in January, so we just took turns, you know. So, so I'm, I'm so happy to be with you all. Amen. So I believe this is really going to help you today. I'm so excited about this message. This is another thing that's been stirring in my heart lately. So I'm so excited to share it with you all. Um, I'd like to talk about this morning about <clears throat> this era that we're in. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, um, there is a momentum. There is a thrill. There is an expectancy in my spirit <laughs> every day that I get up because we are closer to the time that we've been preaching about. We're in it, but we're moving towards the fullness of it. Yes. Amen. You know, um, when a bride and groom, as they, they plan and they plan and they plan, and as the days creep on, you know, you can say, you know, this is your last single Monday. <laughs> and you can, you know, help them, help them count down, you know, this is your last you know, single Tuesday, you know, never again will you be single on a Monday again. And, you know, you just help them count down. And, you know, there, there is an expectancy they would no doubt feel, you know, days they have invested in, days they have planned for, days they've had preparation in. These are the days that we are in. And a lot of people have not recognized it. But we recognize it. We trust that many will begin to recognize it and step into the flow because it thrills us for all of us to get in. And we want to be in. We want to be in. Amen. You know, how many, how many times have we needed to go somewhere in our car and we're waiting on somebody to get in the car? We're waiting on people to get out of the house Get in the car so we can go. You know, we're saying, come on, come on, let's go. We can't leave until you come on. So in the body of Christ, we want to come on because there will be a day if people aren't on, they will be left. And we don't want to be left. We want to recognize the time of departure uh, in the sense of the time to move with God, yes. the time to move ahead, the time to release our faith to go further than where we've ever been Come before. Yes. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2 in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there are days when people know it's coming but there's a day it fully comes. There's a, there's a day you actually move into that time that, you, that we've been talking about. The day of Pentecost, Jesus, Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem, tarry there, wait there. The Holy Ghost is coming. And when the day was fully come, when the day was fully come, we are in the era that has fully come. 
It's time for it. It's time for it. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Notice, they were all with one accord in one place. When the day fully comes, it's too late to try to get in one accord. You already have to be in one accord. When, when the momentum of what is to come starts in its fullness, you know, it, it starts at, at a lower tide of it, and it rises, and it rises, and it rises. And it's so important that we stay, that we stay in one accord. Our, our motive the same, our motive the same, our, our hearts the same, our understanding the same, our faith reaching for the same thing. Because it's going to take the faith of everyone that's in that place to move with what's to come. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, and suddenly, suddenlies are not over. They're not over. This was not the last suddenly on the day of Pentecost. That was not the only suddenly It was not the last suddenly. There are more suddenlies that God has, and there are suddenlies that belong to this era. Suddenly, they jumped out of their wheelchair, and they were totally healed. Suddenly, her arm grew out. Suddenly, their leg grew out. Suddenly, where there was rods and screws, God made bone. Suddenly, their blind eyes were open and they could see. Suddenly, their deaf ears were open and they could hear again. Suddenly, all the pain that they were having in their legs and they couldn't walk, suddenly God healed them. And they were made whole. Amen. Suddenly, suddenly, God healed you of hepatitis C. And all those blisters on your mouth left. Suddenly, God did it for you. Amen. Suddenly, God saved that young man on a snowy mountaintop and gave him breath and gave him life and gave him life and gave him life and gave him life again. Amen. Suddenly, suddenly all the money came. All the money came. Amen. Amen. Suddenlies belong to every era. And we just can't confine it to the day of Pentecost. We can't think of it as a past move. God is still moving with suddenlies. And God can move with suddenlies when people are in one place and in one accord. Yes. Amen. Brother Hagen said, you'll never have the kind of miracles in a big arena 
in a big convention center like you can have in a place that is smaller with fewer people because you have so many systems of believing. So what he means is that it would be really, really hard to get all those people in one accord. So the greatest manifestations are going to happen in the local church. They're going to happen in the local church because you can get that congregation in one accord, in one accord, in one place. Amen. Amen. And it should happen there. It should happen there. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. God has more sounds. God has more sounds. Heaven has more sounds to send. There are sounds that belong to this era. But notice here, before the sound, before the suddenlies, they were, these people here that we're talking about, they were already in one accord. They did their part to get on the same page, so to speak. They had the same motives. They had the same desires. They had the same intent. Their faith was already reaching for the same thing. You know, to know what being in one accord is, is to listen to your pastor. The direction that we are to get in one accord with comes from the mouth of your pastor. You know, it's not, it's not okay to sit there and silently disagree with your pastor. You know, pastor, he gets up and says, you know, we'd like to go ahead and, and uh, paint these existing walls gray. We'd like to get that going. You know, we might need a little extra money for, for that. Well, I think that's just ridiculous. I just like this color just the way it is. You know, pastor gets up and he says, well, we're busting at the seams here in this sanctuary. We've got standing room only. We're going to knock down some trees and we're going to build a new building. Well, I don't think we should build a new building. <clears throat> don't do that. Don't do that. Because then, can't, then God can't bring us suddenly Because you're not in one accord when you do that. The suddenlies can't show up in the same way when people aren't in one accord. We need to be in one accord with the era. Those who are in one accord, they qualify for a suddenly and they qualify for a sound. Amen. A woman by the name of uh, Rachel Tiefetiller was someone who had a rich prayer life. And in the 1960s, she was a congregation member who began to give herself to prayer. And there were some astounding things that happened. You know, she would pray churches into communities. You know, where there wasn't a church in a community, she would take that community and start praying. Just all kinds of things. And she had great fruit from her from her prayer life. And... While she was praying one day, she told this story that, if you don't really know Miss Rachel, she was, uh, she was a rather quiet person. But when she prayed, she could rattle the rafters, so to speak. You know, this boldness would just come out of her. But naturally, she was just a timid, quiet person. You know, 
when she said, when she was praying one day, she said, sermons began to come in her, in her prayer, sermons began to, come, began to come out of her in her prayer time as she prayed, and she began to get concerned. And she said, oh, God, please don't make me preach these sermons. You know, she was so concerned that God was going to call her to preach these sermons, and she didn't want to do that. She just wanted to pray. So she kept those sermons that she had written, and someone invited her to a meeting, and it was a minister she had never heard of. And she went to the meeting, and she heard him preach. And she was astounded as she sat there and listened to him preach word for word the sermon she had written down. It was Brother Kenneth Hagin. <laughs> that was her first contact. That was her first contact. You know, she labored in prayer. She labored in prayer. She got it, and he preached it. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. This talks about um, Paul uh, talking about laboring together in prayer. Really, uh, it's 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, 8 through 11, but I'm just going to, I'm going to start in, uh, I'm just going to read verses um, 10 and 11. For it is he who rescued and saved us from such a perilous death, and he will still rescue and save us. In and on him we have set our hope our joyful and confident expectation that he will again deliver us from danger and destruction and draw us to himself. Verse 11, while you also cooperate by your prayers for us, helping and laboring together with us, thus the lips of many persons turned toward God will eventually give thanks on our behalf for the grace granted us at the request of the many who have prayed. You know, you, you're not called to preach, but you're called to labor with the preacher. Yes. Amen? And if there's not enough utterances coming from the preacher, someone's not doing their part in laboring. And, you know, God will give you the strength and the ability to labor. Amen. You know, utterances are delivered to faith. And there is a labor. There is a work of faith. You know, what does the Bible say? Faith with, without works is dead. So there are works. There's works to laboring with God regarding the revelations that belong to this era. Just because we're in this era, it doesn't mean it will come to pass automatically. So you can't abort an era. You can delay it, and it'll have to be handed off to someone else. And we don't want any part of that at all. You know, if we don't bring our supply and don't do our part, this can be aborted. So we want to flow in the fullness of this era. We have to bring our supply and labor correctly with it 
So the fullness of this era, it depends on who labors correctly with it. And we are laboring together. All of us are laboring together in this era. Amen. You know, if it wasn't for Sister Tifa Tiller, um, Kenneth Hagin wouldn't have received the flow that he walked in. Amen. Anybody who's hungry and obedient can be used. Preachers aren't the only ones being used. <laughs> Amen. Um, turn uh, back with me to Acts. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushy mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven, Now, when this was noised abroad, what was noised abroad? The sound the Holy Ghost made. When this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that that every man heard them speak in his own language. So the sound that the Holy Ghost made, the multitude came together. You know, you get some sounds of people getting healed, walking out of wheelchairs. <laughs> that sound is going to carry. Amen. It's going to carry. Yes. And people are going to show up. Yeah. They're going to show up. Yes. Not even being advertised. Yeah. Amen. The sound, the sound that heaven sent gathered the people. And Peter, and Peter came out. And he preached that landmark sermon. You know, that sound at first came into the upper room. And it came in, came into that upper room. And it was intended to go throughout that place. Throughout that place. And then throughout the whole entire earth. You know, because those people, they were in one place, in one accord. In one place, in one accord. Yes. You know, someone with, uh, with faith, someone with an expectancy is a door for God, so to speak. Yes. Is a door for God. Yes. Amen. Yes. You know, turn with me to uh, John. Chapter 5 and verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. 
Let me read it to you in the, in the Amplified as well. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the Son is able to do nothing of himself, of his own accord, but he is able to do only what he sees the Father doing. And whatever the Father does is what the Son does in the same way, in his turn. So we can do nothing of ourselves. We can do nothing of ourselves. That's why we must have the Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. Because if we don't, what a desolate outlook that would be. It has to have. It requires the Godhead. It requires the Godhead. You know, it is a requirement for there to be suddenlies, to have signs and wonders and miracles. It is a requirement for that to happen. Amen. You know, your success lies on your man or woman of God seeing things. And I'm not talking about revelation because when you have a, when you have a revelation, it gets in your spirit and you got it. You got it. I'm talking about your pastors seeing things by the Spirit of God and knowing exactly what to do. Seeing things how the Father sees things and doing exactly what the Father would do for all of you, (laughs) for this church, for a certain situation, seeing things, knowing things by the Spirit of God. Your success lies on that. Amen. Amen. The more the people pray, the more our leaders will see. The more our leaders see, the more suddenlies we will have. And the more sounds of heaven we will have. Amen. Ministers can only go as far as the people pray. They can only go as far as the people pray. Amen. Team, can uh, can you all come up, please? The praise team. Um, I was thinking about Charles Spurgeon. And um, for those of you that don't uh, know him or heard of that name before, I'll just give you a brief bio of him. Um, Charles Spurgeon was uh, England's best-known preacher for most of the second half of the 19th century. And he was only 20 years old. He was only 20 years old when he started to pastor. And immediately the congregation just multiplied. It outgrew the place that they were at. They had to build this massive hall. And so... Just then, it just he began to have over 10,000 attend every church service. And he was only 20 years old. Um, so uh, thinking about Charles Spurgeon, um, when he was standing in front of uh, one of his Bible school students, uh, one of them asked him, um, what do you attribute your success to? What do you attribute your success to? And he said, my congregation prays for me. 
my congregation prays for me. Amen. Um, I would like to minister today. Um, I wanted to um, read 2 Timothy because I've been, I've been thinking about the scripture too. Uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 in the Amplified. It says, that is why I remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of laying on of hands. So this morning, I would be honored to lay my hands on you to stir up what God has put inside of you. To stir up the gifts that God has put inside of you. To rekindle those flames. To keep it burning. To keep it hot. To be red hot for God. Amen. To move with the Spirit of God in this era. If you want to be used by God in this era, please come up here. If you want to help your pastors in this era, please come up here. So everybody...